Welcome to Creative Expression, a podcast production program of the Mississippi School of the Arts. More information about creative expression can be found on our website at podcast.msabrookhaven.org. In episode 11 of this series, we take you back to commencement 2016, when Marshall Ramsey was invited to give the commencement address for the class of 16 at Mississippi School of the Arts. Marshall is a renowned editorial cartoonist for Mississippi Today. He is also a show host on Mississippi Public Broadcasting. As we navigate through these uncertain times, and we're all trying to regain a sense of normalcy, Marshall reminds our graduates, when you fall down, don't make the story about you falling down, but make the story about how you got back up. When they asked me to come and speak to y'all today, I uh, said yes immediately for two reasons. Number one, because I get to wear the hat, okay? Hat's pretty awesome. I'm up here like bouncing books on my head. I got a big dome. It's kind of hard to keep this thing on. Thank goodness for bobby pins. And, and, and the second one is you're my people, to be honest with you. I do this quite a bit. I do a lot of talking and I've done a few commencement speeches. Loved every one of them, was very inspired by the stories that I heard, but you're my people. You are me 30 years ago. Okay. I, okay, let me quick test here. Just, I know you thought you were done with quizzes and everything, but let me ask you a question. How many of you knew exactly what you wanted to do when you were a little kid? Okay, a lot of hands popping up. I knew when I was four, okay, four years old. That's how mom kept me quiet in church. She gave me crayons and she gave me paper and said, shut up, Marshall, draw. And that's how I got started. I'm, you know, that's not real far from the truth. When I was eight years old, I looked at my dad. My dad is Dave Ramsey. So if you ever hear Dave Ramsey on the radio, he is actually named for my father. And I'm not kidding you because Dave's dad and my dad are brothers. And my dad looked at me and said, what do you want to do when you want to grow up? And I said, I want to be an editorial cartoonist, which was probably the weirdest thing that an eight-year-old could tell his dad. Because I would have just said, I want to be a football player or I want to, I want to make a million dollars or I want to play baseball. But I said, I want to be an editorial cartoonist. And he looked at me and he said, you'll do it. I believe in you. Which that right there... I'm talking to you right now, now I'm gonna shift over to y'all because they're sitting here right now because of you, because of what you have done over the years to believe in them. I interview so many people on the radio that do amazing things and every one of them to a person says they had a strong parent or somebody in their life that believed in their dream. Okay, so let me fast forward a little bit. I get to high school, right? And we didn't have anything as cool as this high school when I was growing up in Georgia. So I went to Sprayberry High School, which sounds like Mayberry, I know, but we had about 3,000 students. And I played football, but one day the English teacher came up to me and said, how would you like to be the editorial cartoonist for the school newspaper? And I said, yeah, that's like a free A right there, I'll take that. (laughs) So my job was to draw cartoons and all the holes that were left in the paper. And my very first cartoon got me sent to the principal's office the next day. (laughs) Now, I could tell you the story, and I I will tell it to you briefly. Um, To get into our library, you had to have a blood test. You had to have a lock of your dead grandmother's hair. And my grandmothers were alive, so that was a real problem. It was very difficult to get in there, and so I drew a picture of the librarian. Don't repeat this, okay? I mean, don't draw this. You'll get in trouble. But I did the librarian with a machine gun with a little Nazi helmet on. (laughs) 
And I, of course, thought, because I know that none of you ever feel this way when you do anything artistic, that you're going to just get rose petals thrown at your feet after everybody sees your great work. Well, I was thinking that was going to happen, but guess what happened instead? I was sitting across from one very angry librarian at 8.30 in the morning, and the principal saying, explain yourself. It was the last time one of my cartoons has made a difference. But I looked at him and told him the story that it was difficult because I played football and I worked and I did all these things and I couldn't get in the library. And he said, is that true? And the librarian said, yeah, it's true. I really don't want anybody messing up the books during lunch. And he said, well, what else are the books there for? You know, so they made it easier to get in there. And at that point, I was hooked. I knew I was going to be an editorial cartoonist. Flash forward to the University of Tennessee. I got a scholarship there to academics, not football, trust me. And... Um, <laughs> And my advisor told me not to try out for the school newspaper because they already had a cartoonist. So you know what I did? Do you think I said, okay, sure. <laughs> now I walked downstairs and I beat that person out. And I did that for five years. And that's where I learned my craft, was practicing every day, learning how to draw cartoons. I did a lot of bad cartoons. Well, heck, I still do bad cartoons. But the thing was, I got an education by working my can off and working hard. And you've been doing that already, so you're way ahead of where I was. So I graduate, right? I ran out of classes. One day I walked up to the building and there's my name on a list. I'm like, oh, what am I gonna do now? So I'd won the top editorial cartooning award in the United States of America. It's the equivalent of the Heisman, except no glory whatsoever. <laughs> and I just knew that I was gonna go work for the New York Times or the LA Times or maybe the Shreveport Times or even the Macomb Times, which there is no such thing, but I did not. I ended up working as a high school janitor. And I got to tell you that was not on my career path. And I also got to tell you this, I threw a heck of a pity party. How many of y'all ever thrown a pity party? Okay, the rest of you are lying. Um, <laughs> let me tell you about my pity. My pity party was so epic, I even served snacks, okay? <laughs> so for six months, I walked around with a barrel. And by the way, high school students are slobs. I just want to let you know that. And since you're about to no longer be one, I thought I'd let you in on that secret. I walked around with my barrel with my diploma Xeroxed on there, feeling sorry for myself. It was a wasted six months. One day I went to church. I do that, you know, at least twice a year, whether I need to or not. And I was sitting there, and the preacher started talking about the parable of the talents. And see, this is where we're alike, because we're talented. Actually, I'll take that back. I've seen your work. You're a lot more talented than I am. You really are. But, I, you know, I mean, I was sitting there listening to him talk about the parable with the three servants and the master was leaving town and he was giving the talents to each one. One got ten, one got five, and one got one. And the one that got the one was so afraid that he buried that talent. And I'm sitting on the back row of that church feeling the preacher's eyes burn through my heart because I realized I was a servant who was burying my talent. And I went the next day to Monday... And I came with a great attitude. I immediately got drug tested. Um, they were like, what are you up to, Marshall? You're not supposed to smile like that. I started drawing. I started drawing T-shirts for the cross-country team. I started drawing caricatures of the teacher's husbands for 25 bucks a pop. My price has gone up considerably since then. I started drawing on the walls and cleaning it off because I was a janitor. I could do that. And doors started opening up. One day, a lady came up to me and said, Marshall, you're a great guy. You're a nice guy. How would you like an interview at the local newspaper? And I said, no, I love cleaning toilets. This is great. And she said, okay. And I said, I'm kidding. Okay, you got to learn sarcasm here. That's, that's, that's my currency. 
I applied for that job and I got it. Took a cut in pay, but by golly, my foot was in the door. Then one day a lady came up to me I worked with, her name was Maggie. And Maggie was a pretty cool lady. She was 45, which I thought was incredibly old. Now I, I don't think that's old. Um, but Maggie's husband was an Eastern Airline pilot. And they'd gone from a really strong six-figure income in the late 80s and early 90s to nothing. They were bankrupt. And she went to go work as a janitor to keep the family together. See, that's when I realized, number one, I was lucky to have a job. Because work is sacred. And I was very lucky to have that job. But I really, really liked Maggie. And one day she came up to me and she said, how would you like to go out with my daughter? And I thought, my gosh, your standards for your daughter are really low. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to be a doctor here. I said, okay. And I met her. She was at the University of Georgia at the time. I always like telling people that, yeah, you know, I, I get my girlfriends at the school I clean. That always makes me sound really, really bad. Um, but she had the prettiest blue eyes I'd ever seen. And I tell you this story because if I hadn't had that worst moment in my life, I wouldn't have had the four best moments in my life. And yes, I do have the right number of fingers up because I've made that mistake before. I got to see those blue eyes walk down the aisle, and I got to see my three sons born with those blue eyes. Yeah. She's, uh, we've been married 23 years, and she'd like to choke me right now uh, because I left her at home with three boys. But I tell you this because you guys are going to fail. I, and I hate to say this today because today is a great, you have not failed. You've got a piece of paper that tells the whole world where you have been and how successful you've been. But you're going to trip and you're going to fall. Because I tripped and fall. I fell, excuse me. <laughs> um, do we have an English teacher in the house? <laughs> Sorry, I don't write this stuff down. So, you know, sometimes I have faux pas. I fell and I fell flat on my face. And it was the best thing that ever happened to me. My sister gave me a puzzle that the only way you can solve it is to go forward two steps and back one step. And sometimes you're going to have to go backwards. Because at the end of the day, what's going to drive you forward? Your GPS, the thing that's going to get you through the foggy path that you're going to be taking, is this. Your dream. Your heart. There's going to be good people that try to discourage you. There's going to be bad people that try to discourage you. But as long as this burns bright you can get through a lot of grief. I used to believe that brick walls that were thrown in front of me were brick walls to keep me out. But they're really brick walls to teach me how bad I want something and how to get around it. Because the solutions that I've found are what have propelled me to this point now. I've had cancer. I got diagnosed with cancer 15 years ago. And I like to say the worst moments turn into the best. It has. It's been a great thing. I do recommend the sunscreen thing that they talk about a lot. It's a very good thing. I did have skin cancer. But it made me appreciate life that much more. And we've been able to do a lot of good things to help other people get the same chance I've had, too. Five years ago, I got called into the office at, at my job. I finally got my dream job. I'm in 400 papers around the wor world. I mean... I've nearly won the Pulitzer twice, and I might win it yet, who knows. And they looked at me and they said, well, Marshall, you do a great job, and we know we kept you here from going to another job, but we're making you part-time right now. And I looked at them, I was like, you've got to be kidding me. I'm like, great, right? Well, apparently they had problems, and they cut me, cut me in half. Cut my pay, cut my benefits, cut everything. And I looked at them, and I started laughing. And they said, what, what's wrong with you? I said, this is going to be the best thing that ever happened to me. And I got busy, just like I did when I was a janitor, and I got to work. I had a radio show. I now do a television show. I've done three books. 
One of the things, advice my dad gave me when I told him I was going to be an editorial cartoonist out of college, he said, learn the business of art. And I looked at him, well, what are you talking about, dad? He said, you're very talented at what you do, but there's a lot of people out there that are more talented than what you do, but they're not going to be able to out-hustle you and outthink you. You take care of your business. And that was the best advice dad ever did to me. I actually got a marketing degree of all things in college. And now I have my own company. I produce my own books. I get to speak. That's going to be you in 30 years. You're going to take the talent that you're walking out of this building with today, and you're going to be very successful because you've got drive. I used to think talent was what got your foot in the door and what meant you, made you successful. It's only part of it. You've got the talent part. Now you've got to show the world your attitude and your drive. And I really believe you can do it. Look, I'm very, very proud to be standing before you today. I've seen your artwork. I've judged the contests. This school, every year when it does Scholastic Arts Contest, usually blows away every other school around the state. And I know hanging around each other and making the friendships that you made are going to last you probably for the rest of your life because I'm going to my 30th reunion soon. And by the way, I got most talented and second like runner-up for Mr. SHS, which um, the guy who won it has started two software companies, is now a multimillionaire. I think he deserved it. Um, I'll take mine. But you're going to remember today. You may not remember what I had to say, but I know each and one of you are going to find success. Just remember... When you fall down, don't make the story that you fell down. Make your story how you got back up. God bless you and thank you.